Lapcom Communications. Welcome to this episode of the Sunday Schmooze. This podcast series features Rabbi David Vigler, co-host Mitch Zachary, and select guests. Rabbi Vigler was ordained in 2004 in Melbourne, Australia, and spent the next 10 summers learning, teaching, and sharing the concepts of Chabad Lubavitch movement in places like Kyoto, Luxembourg, and Eindhoven. Rabbi Vigler and his wife, Rebetzin Chana Vigler, have been married for 14 years. They have eight children. Rabbi David Vigler is one of nearly 5,000 Chabad Lubavitch rabbis around the world. Together with Chana, they work 24-6, serving their chosen community, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, population nearly 60,000. Its most famous residents, tennis superstars Serena and Venus Williams, who live less than two miles from the converted fire station that is now a most modern Chabad of Palm Beach Gardens. Rabbi David Vigler and Rabbi Tzinchana Vigler are on a mission. Connect with every Jewish family and share the meaning and message of life as seen through the lens of Kabbalah, the Hasidic movement, and the teachings of the Rebbe. In this episode, Rabbi Vigler delves into the horrific events that played out in Parkland, Florida, just south of the Chabad of Palm Beach Gardens. Our guest this morning is Rabbi Mendy Gutnick of Chabad of Parkland. This is the ground zero of the of the Parkland, the devastating Parkland shooting, where so many of the cho- of the children, the students, were uh, close with the Chabad rabbis um, and rebbitzins, if not uh, before, then at least during the uh, trauma. Can you just tell us very briefly about uh, some of the continuing efforts that Chabad is doing with the students of the school? Right, well, one of the things now, obviously, a lot of people are working on political advocacy and, and, and you know, that's something that is the wider community's responsibility. But as far as Chabad, we're, we're looking to, you know, bring light to a town that was really, um, you know, completely overwhelmed by darkness and, and pain. And uh, what we're trying to do is just uh, um, programs and initiatives that will bring a little bit more light, a little bit more meaning and joy into people's lives. So one of the things we're doing is all the children at Stoneman Douglas, um, we want to give them some kind of inspiration, some kind of uh, connection to uh, to a higher purpose in life where they can really do things that will help them, you know, lift themselves out of this. We're giving every Jewish child a pair of tefillin, every boy, every girl, a nice Shabbos candlestick. Um, we're giving every single child there a good card, a kindness card, where they can look at every day to see how they can make a difference in a positive way into the world. Um, we're working on a few other initiatives uh, once a month, um, Shabbat dinner for all the teens. And we have we have a few other things that obviously we've been working on to help specifically the families who are going through the most difficult times. So obviously the families who lost their children primarily were looking to do different things for them. We're working on a safer Torah for the victims and their memory. You know, it seems like it's uh, it's been months ago, but in reality, it's a little over three weeks now um, since just a regular, normal, idyllic Wednesday afternoon in Parkland, which uh, small town, but um, you know, still has a lot going on. But all of a sudden, you know, everyone becomes aware of uh, of this, you know, crisis or tragedy, whatever it was. We didn't know exactly 100% what was going on. But uh, something, something very bad was happening at the high school and kids were running out and um, there was just a lot of panic, a lot of fear, a lot of text to parents. And so of course we were there right away just to um, you know, see what we could do. We know a few hundred of the kids that go to school there 
um, that have been through a, you know, through a Chabad Hebrew school and, and so on that had Barambas mitzvahs and, uh, you know, so for us it was very, very close to home right away besides the physical location, just uh, in knowing so many of our children were possibly in harm's way and then we started to get a picture of what was happening. Um, of course, obviously the first thing was just gratitude for a lot of the kids that were coming out, um, you know, safe and sound, but uh, as time went on we started to realize that there were a lot of um, kids who were not coming out and uh, some of them we knew quite well and um, then the search with the families um, went on to go from hospital to hospital to see if maybe they were taken out in an ambulance um, because there was a lot of confusion no kids have ID there was there was just took a very very long time to really know exactly who was um, you know who were any of the victims either injured or killed or just maybe missing and um, you know, so obviously after a certain period of time, whoever didn't know, um, you know, where, where their child was came to the Marriott Hotel, which was sort of a meeting point. And then we started to realize there are some 20 families or so that had not heard word. And now it was already five o'clock in the afternoon. And obviously we were there with some of these families and it was a, you know, just, you can't even imagine the gut-wrenching experience that these families are just sitting waiting to be told what they probably knew in their hearts was something that just absolutely unfathomable. So, you know, this uh, this process went on until about 12.30 in the morning until finally the authorities began to call out families one at a time and confirm, you know, their worst fears. There wasn't, it wasn't crying in, in those rooms when they were being told. It was, it was screaming. It was something that I'll never forget for the rest of my life, what, what these families, um, you know, had to hear, sending their kids to school in the morning like a normal day, you know, just saying goodbye, I love you, whatever it may be, and then just finding out at midnight that same day that, you know, their child was shot and killed and was laying on the floor of that school. Along the theme of the Parkland shooting is another devastating shooting which actually claimed more victims than in Parkland just just about under a year ago, and that was in the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, where the nearest Chabad center is Rabbi Yosef Konikov of South Orlando. I know that you're running the Chabad of Disney, and that's uh, not an easy operation with millions and millions of visitors coming every year, but uh, f- far from the... Uh, yeah, it's, it's- it's very difficult. We have to be happy all the time. <laughs> well, you know, knowing you many, many years already, I think they picked the right guy for the job. You are Mr. Happy. And that's just, uh, I remember you back in um, back in the day, a teenage, you were, uh, you know, the night activities director in the summer camps, making sure everybody was well entertained, perfect for Disney. <laughs> the problem is that uh, what we're about to talk to you about is far from Disney. This is the Pulse uh, nightclub shooting. And uh, we just would like to hear from you about uh, some of your experiences, some of the Chabad engagement with the uh, with the, the victims of the tragedy. Well, so first I want to mention that I, I would say that there's just two different categories, well, many categories, but generally speaking, when, you, when, we're, when we're comparing Parkland and, and Orlando, there's two different types of shootings. One is what they call uh, random shootings, although nothing is random, but nevertheless, Everyone feels that it, it could have been them. Then there's another kind of shooting that is officially targeted, which means that they're looking for a certain area of society or a certain demographic or a certain type of people. And sometimes people say, oh, well, you know, that wasn't really something that could have happened to me because I'm not the same as those people, whether it's a religion or it's a certain creed or it's a certain lifestyle. And in Orlando, there was a lot of discussion about that. Um, you know, people, typically people always say, wow, that could have been me, that could have been my child. 
but unfortunately, you know, in, in, in Orlando, it was it was more of a targeted uh, area of the community, and uh, what occurred was that um, people were very very emotional about that, and when Chabad got involved, it was it was we had to be a, a much more sensitive, um, and we had to say that you know being a representing you know Yiddishkeit and representing the Torah and representing God it's important for everyone to, to know that every single human being is created in the image of God and we can't allow uh, the crazy murderers out there to try to isolate different types of people humans are humans and they are all important and they're all uh, created with, with a you know the godly image and everyone has to see that it could have been me. Everyone has to see that, and that was a that was I think the message that was um, that was very important for us to convey. You know, some people even thought at the time with the with the the, the, the Pulse shooting that perhaps the religious people, you know, couldn't care. As a matter of fact, the mayor of Orlando, actually of Orange County, which is the county of Orlando, called me. I mean, very very emotional on the phone. She said, "Rabbi, I need you to come." To you know, to come downtown and to uh, speak, so people should hear, um, you know, your words. And she said that, you know, there was a church that was coming to the funeral to celebrate the funerals of these of the victims. Goodness which gracious! Which is a horrible, horrible thing. To celebrate. And she said that we need, yeah, to celebrate. Uh, there was a radical church without mentioning names that travel around the United States and they they celebrate funerals. Heard from those guys in a while. Uh, They're still around. Yeah, they're still around. So they were, they were, they were, they were, uh, they were just here. They came. To, they were supposed to come to Orlando. She was trying to to stop it, but she felt that religious leaders should, should come out and, and speak out. And um, people were waiting to see what you know what the Chabad Rabbi has to say. And uh, we, we, to us, it was very simple. There was no, there was no questions. It was very, very simple. And we we spoke about the importance of every individual. And um, and that, I think that's our message. Our message is that. That every single person is important, no matter who you are. God loves every individual, and um, and everything you do is important, and your life is important. And uh, therefore, we 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 are sad when you are sad, and we are hurt when you are hurt, and of course, we're happy when you're happy. It's amazing how you how you've really touched onto the essence of the issue over here. It's so touching to hear your uh, your your reflector your reflections and your thoughtful. Um, Considerations here as to how to deal with uh, with this awful tragedy, which nobody should uh, should have to experience. Just really, uh, really touching to hear how you are able to, you know, to to um, create bridges between various communities to be able to to inspire and encourage people that are broken, that are hurt. Any of your thoughts, reflections, feedback about uh, things that you hear here on the radio or not, things you want us to talk about, send me an email, please, to rabbi at jewishgardens.com from Santa Fe, Texas is Rabbi Yitzchak Shmukler, the Chabad Rabbi of the Santa Fe, Texas area. Good morning, Rabbi Shmukler. Welcome to the Shmooze. Good morning, Rabbi Vigler and, uh, and Mitch. Thank you. We are Good delighted morning. to welcome you here to the Shmooze, though we are saddened. Please, Rabbi Shmukler, tell us what is happening in Santa Fe, Texas. Uh, what, what's the story? What's different about, uh, let's say, if you contrast the two places, Parkland and Santa Fe, uh, Santa Fe is a very, very Christian community. And, um, uh, you know, but I went, of course, uh, uh, the Rebbe taught us that uh, we, 
we care not just about our own kind, but uh, but everybody. And we went there uh, and spoke to uh, family members, spoke to relatives, uh, both you know the emergency workers, and uh, they tried to give them support. Uh, you know, the questions that people are asking, whether it's faith questions or just questions about about how you know how do you deal with this kind of tragedy and why is this happening and what can we do. Can you give us a an, uh, can you give us a, a nucleus of of a message that you share that uh, it resonates with the uh, with the parents of victims, God forbid, or the classmates? Uh, you know, with with uh, family members, uh, the uh, one message was that uh, you know to you know people. Well, one of the things that people are struggling with. There's a lot of caseworkers that are dealing with like the mental health, but one of the ways that we've learned. Uh, that we've studied, you know, from the Lubavitcher of how to respond to, to pain is to do things, uh, positive things, in memory of the people who, are, who passed away and, and who are lost. And I found that message I shared with several people was very, very well received. That, you know, once the, uh, once the event has passed and people are struggling still to find a way, um, instead of being expressed, just in anger, and that force has to be expressed in action, but also to be expressed in action towards doing good things, doing good things in their memory, doing good things that will hopefully make a change for the better in the future. That was a message we shared with people that were close with those who passed away. And then there was the broader discussions with a lot of other people who came, and the discussion was, how do we make sure something like this never happens? And a lot of people point to different things. Um, I could again only draw back on the many things that I've heard as a student of the Rebbe that you know the Rebbe once uh, many times you know lamented that in schools we're teaching our kids the best science, math, and um, you know we're learning they're learning about outer space. They're, they're smarter than kids have ever been as far as awareness of the world around them. But one area that for you know for uh, very unfortunate reasons schools are neglecting. Uh, and without getting into any political reason, but it's just a fact is, you know, kids knowing a purpose, why we're here, and right. the fact that there's, right. in gotcha. words, there's an eye that sees and an ear that hears. Rabbi Yitzhak Shmukler is our guest from uh, Santa Fe, Texas. He's live on the line from the uh, scene of the shooting uh, just eight days ago, nine days ago, where uh, this tragic epidemic of, uh, of um, hate and destruction continues in our schools as it sweeps across the nation. He's the Chabad rabbi out there in that area and he's sharing with us his reflections. Can you speak about the cultural differences between Parkland, Florida and Santa Fe, Texas? Here in uh, Parkland, they have uh, responded with a very powerful, emotional, anti-gun approach. From what I understand, the response in Texas is very, very different. Can you comment on that? Yes, fa- fascinating. Uh, the differences are amazing. Uh, well, you know, for one, I can tell you, one Red Cross worker, when I came there, he, he came over to me, and he almost looked like uh, so happy to see somebody like me. And I was, and I was really the odd man out. Very, you know, here, the, the scene was, you had, um, everything was very, very religious and very Christian. So almost everybody there was, there as a religious worker, right. or and you know, you know large, large crucifixes. And then there's one that, Chabad rabbi <laughs> roaming the streets. And there's one rabbi, <laughs> and this and this and this guy who's, uh, working for the Red Cross is actually a psychologist uh, who came down from New York. And kind of you know, you, you, there was a little uh, recognition in the eye, and uh, we understood we were members of the same tribe, so to speak. 
And he was telling me, you know, of course, he was working with the, with the, with the people. He said, Rabbi, this has been a really, he was at Parkland and he was here, but this has been a very different experience. Rabbi, this is really, he kept on telling me how different it is for him um, because he wasn't, he, he wasn't used to this, uh, the, the uh, intensity of the religious expression of the, of the people. Uh, it was just something he was not used to. Um, how, how did it express itself in, in the gun uh, in the gun debate? How, how, in the gun in the gun debate, it, I'll tell you a fascinating uh, incident. While I'm talking to to somebody, an older lady who works who's volunteers with one of the churches there, um, a local woman from Santa Fe, and suddenly we hear police cars uh, racing down the main street, one and another and another, and I'm thinking of, of everybody's going to have PTSD. And she looks up and she says, oh, I know what that is. I said, what? She says, it's the gun protesters. Um, th- uh, so I said, what do you mean? She said, well, everybody knows. I said, what, you mean the, uh, the, uh, I, the uh, I thought maybe they're having, expecting some people coming with, you know, armed with uh, open weapons, because now in Texas, you're allowed to have, have open guns. I open carry. Maybe some sort of real radicals are showing up to make a point. So I said, she says, no, 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 the anti-gun protesters. That everybody knows the last couple of days, uh, there's been rumors that they're coming. So the police of the town were going to keep them at bay. That's what she was telling me. So I think that from a uh, Kabbalistic perspective, if you were born, if you're alive, it means that God felt that the world cannot exist without you. From a Kabbalistic perspective, each and every one of us has a totally unique mission to fulfill in this world that no one else on planet Earth is able to accomplish. There is a piece of real estate. There is an experience, an encounter, a relationship that must be sublimated, illuminated, sanctified, and only you are able to do that. I cannot do it for you. Your mother-in-law cannot do it for you. Nobody can do it for you. Only you can do it. As long as we're living our lives focused on material possessions, it can become extremely depressing when you reach the top and you get on top of that mountain. Everybody else is cheering you on from the bottom and you're on top of the mountain. You say, this is what it's all about. You realize if you're focused only on material accumulation, if it's only about me, then you reach a point to say, okay, I got there and it's just really not as exciting. It's quite anticlimactic up on top. If you need to talk to me, send me an email, rabbi at jewishgardens.com. Please, I would love to hear from you. That's rabbi at jewishgardens.com or your local Chabad rabbi at jewishgardens.com forward slash centers where you can find any Chabad rabbi within very close distance to you anywhere on the planet. That's jewishgardens.com forward slash centers or my email rabbi at jewishgardens.com. Shalom and thank you for joining us here on this great show this morning. Lapcom Communications.